Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And uh, Nick, uh, do you see yes. uh, a, a black moon in the sky? Oh man, I I, I think it's rising. <laughs> I I, th- I think you're I think you're right. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got. There's a black moon on the horizon. <laughs> Uh, we have Jesus. we have fun on this show, folks, because um, that's the name of the movie we're doing today, uh, yeah. Black Moon Rising. Um, you've probably never heard of it. I had not. I had kept Neither. seeing I kept seeing it on Amazon Prime, uh, and uh, this is an opportunity to finally watch this movie. <laughs> okay, so when we threw together John Carpenter Month in true Carpenterian fashion, um, seeing this random movie on Amazon Prime's queue. Um, and then when you saw that the the title on the Carpenter Wikipedia page, you made the connection, and that's literally the only reason we're doing this movie. Literally, yep, the only reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really it. Um, I had almost clicked on this movie numerous times because the poster. So uh, this movie stars Tommy Lee Jones, but the poster looks like Clint Eastwood. Like it just it's it's a yeah. artist rendition of Tommy Lee Jones, half of his face. And it looks more like Clint Eastwood's brow than it does Tommy Lee Jones. So I was like, this is, I don't, it's like, I was like, I don't, I haven't seen this Clint Eastwood movie. And that's for a reason, because it's not a Clint Eastwood movie. That's why I haven't seen it. And I've seen a majority of them. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, very, very weird movie. Uh, So this is not a John Carpenter movie, technically. Um, No. was not directed by him. He wrote the script. Uh, and apparently it's the first script he ever sold. Yeah. Um, and it was in development for over 10 years. Yeah. So and, he and listen, wrote listen. it around the same time that he was making uh, Escape from New York, apparently. Okay. That totally makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Um, and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm working on some writing projects. I understand how they can drag on. Like, I'm, I'm not going to call anyone out for taking a long time on a script or whatever, but like... 10 years for this i mean right i mean so there are two other writers uh, credited uh, for the screenplay and carpenter shares a credit with them plus he gets a story credit in the opening sure. credits here and uh yeah the fact that i mean i don't know maybe there were other screenwriters they didn't actually credit but it, why would this film be in development hell for 10 years like there's no fucking reason <laughs> i mean it makes sense like if it was something he would come back to periodically like while like while doing these other movies that he he clearly cared about more because like that that whole stretch basically from like halloween on to like escape from new york to the thing era like that that's his most prolific time period um so yeah like i don't know like maybe if it's like something that he, he he would just like work on in between projects or something Oh, well, no, I think, like, he probably wrote it in a couple of years, but I think the rewrites that he was not included in, then the actual, like, pre-production of this film, like, financing and stuff, I think that's probably what took 10 years total. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think he had no no input after he sold the damn thing. Um, Because, you know, he said he didn't even watch it. Like, he has, there's only (laughs) one interview where he talks about it, and he says he hasn't even watched it. I love I love him so much. He's so awesome. He's what what Joe Dante is to you, John Carpenter is to me. I think. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, just, uh, 
Dante has some stories like that as well. Um, you know, these are two guys who came up around the same time making films, and studios fuck these guys over like you know, ten ways to Sunday. But yeah, it it definitely has like the Carpenter DNA in it, like the the synth atmosphere, the yeah, the like high tech stuff with kind of like a black ops secret secret agent or something, and like um you know like financial corporate interest and crime and like the cd underbelly it's it's all very carpenter material but like it just does not cohere whatsoever no and it's so obvious that um you know the script was just so chopped and screwed from whatever he originally wrote um it's it's really just a grab bag of total fucking bullshit at some point um so it uh it starts as we said tommy lee jones as an FBI freelancer. Uh, so yes. a, a real thing that exists in the real world. <laughs> He's a libertarian cop. Um, yeah. I guess we call them like contractors now, but they I don't know if they didn't have the word for that. <laughs> I, I think they wanted like, not not Sherlock Holmes in, in like the, the stock character, but basically like that, like a consultant to the police who takes on difficult cases, like that, yeah. like that kind of mold just updated for the the far off future of the 80s um. <laughs> well and also he's he's obviously uh you know he would be paid under the table because he's a thief uh, that's you know that's his actual career so uh, he's blackwater basically yeah yeah exactly he's blackwater who kills fewer people uh yep. way fewer <laughs> yep. uh also stars um, linda hamilton uh if you yep. all have heard of her before uh yep. ter- terminated <laughs> that film uh, she did Terminator right before this movie, actually. It's a, v- it's kind of like the midpoint between her roles in Terminator One and Two, because like she oh. has that innocent look yeah, yeah. Of, t- of Terminator One, but she is still kind of a badass, almost it's, like she is. Yeah, when sh- when she's Terminator Two level, right? It's this is that training period where she goes to Mexico, except it's Perfect. Las Vegas. So she came back to the states. <laughs> Yeah, she threw the feds off the trail by going back to Las Vegas where they'd never suspect to look for her. Yes, exactly. Well, I think the film is shot in L.A., though, because I, the, the tunnel they go through in this movie, oh, I think that's yeah, the same yeah. tunnel that's in Terminator. <laughs> I, I don't know Vegas super well, but it does not look like Vegas whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think it's L.A. Um, it's it's yeah. so much cheaper to film there. Um, but mm-hmm. we also have Robert Vaughn who most of you will know from his injury law firm commercials that he does. Uh, <laughs> well, he did. He's dead now. He stopped Keeping doing in character. Um, but uh, a lot of other people, older people, will know him from Man From Uncle. Uh, he was one of the main characters there. And I know and love him as the Lex Luthor stand-in from Superman 3. <laughs> future episode, by the way. Yeah, future episode. Um, Superman 3, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I actually haven't seen that, so I, I don't know this guy. Um, You've seen him definitely in movies. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I must have. Just he's just like one of those guys, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a bunch of other rounding out the cast here. We have Richard Jet Jekyll. Jekyll. No idea. Is his name really Earl Wyndham the character? I guess so. Because that's Wyndham Earl. Wyndham, Wyndham Earl, Earl is probably is yeah, that's right. Sweet, sweet, sweet <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were making a joke or something. <laughs> no, I think that's what I got from the internet. Sure, sure. Uh, Bubba Smith, uh, Dan Shore, Keenan Wynn, 
um again iron johns like jeremy irons or, yeah. or something. <laughs> um leaving uh, where's William he leaving Sanderson. to <laughs> Uh, William Sanderson and Nick Cassavetes uh, of the Cassavetes clan. Yeah, yeah. The, the Cassavetes fail son. <laughs> Does he play like the oafish guy that get, gets run over? I, I cannot tell you who he plays. I have yeah, no okay. idea. Sure. 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 Let's say he does. Um, I mean, he's credited in the movie. I guess he's probably one of uh, Robert Vaughn's henchmen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should mention the director of this movie because we didn't do that yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> this guy. guy I've never him, also heard of him. <laughs> Harry Cockless. <laughs> Har- Harley Cockless. <laughs> you think that's how it's pronounced? <laughs> I just did it because it's funny. <laughs> how would you pronounce it? Uh, that's true. I was I was I was thinking Cockless, but Cockless makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our, our buddy Dickless here. Um, <laughs> he was a. <laughs> He was a second unit director on Empire Strikes Back, um, commonly held to be the best Star Wars movie. Um, And he also had a movie called Battle Truck from 82. Amazing. I want to see that. It looks great. It looks like a Mad Max ripoff. We should do it in the future. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, clearly he has a thing for cars. um, Yeah. Because the car features heavily in this movie. Um, Oh, yeah. It is the eponymous Black Moon. Yes. It's, yes. I, it really I guess rise. it rises. I don't know. Not really. It rises in the elevator at the end. Yeah, that's that's um, really it. It's very literal of us. But uh. yeah. <laughs> so this movie made six and a half million uh, at the box office. Um, apparently, we could not find I how got, much it cost to make. I got nothing on that. I couldn't find sure. it. Sure, it's yeah. cheap. I'm sure it's it's a New yes. World Pictures film, so that's uh, Roger Corman's studio. But this is after Roger Corman sold the studio, so he was not a producer on this film. Uh, hence, maybe why it sucks. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's very I'm much sure in, the, in the in the in the in the Corman tradition, right? Like cars, uh, women, violence, um, you know. But it's it's it almost feels more like an art house version of it. it tr- it's like trying more. Um, and it's not as yeah. like skeezy. Yeah, that's the thing. If this movie was skeezier and like more mean spirited, it probably would be better, like like more fondly remembered. I think. Oh yeah, no, it it needs that. It needs to be injected with something. Like yeah, it's it's it, it, it's like it's like a PG thirteen Corman movie. Yeah, it's um I don't know. Everybody just kind of like sleepwalks through this movie. Like there's yeah. no standout performance. Yeah. They needed more cocaine when they were making this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, they they. <laughs> although Tommy um, Lee Jones apparently was, um, I don't know. I, I I know he was dealing with alcoholism in this moment uh, while he was filming this film. I don't know if he had substance abuse issues, but Linda Hamilton um, said he was very hard to work with because he was going through uh, that, alcoholism at this time. That uh, comes through loud and clear in their chemistry. That oh, they have, yeah. That they, that, they, that they don't have. The lack thereof, any chemistry yeah. between these two individuals, <laughs> the, the leads of this film. Um, uh, tomato meter, 43%, which is way higher than I would have thought. Yeah, it's only 12 reviews, though. That's the thing. It's okay, 20, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like there's very, they didn't scour the internet for reviews for this shitty film. Yeah, no, no one cares. <laughs> Because the audience score is 23%. Yeah. Um, and it's always curious to me, like, when critics really like 
a a genre movie more than the audience score right because like like because like the usually the template for critics love it audiences hate it is like an artsy yeah high concept movie or something and it usually flips for like a genre movie so like it's it's very um peculiar but like i, I guess the sample size explains it here yeah it's a larger sample size of the audience um so yeah I, I think the audience score is probably pretty accurate for the for the type of people who watch a movie like this people who like films uh you know uh, of new world pictures of roger corman's uh you know of american international pictures those kind of b movies um mm-hmm. I, you know this this doesn't check off many boxes for those people unfortunately you know uh yeah i guess if you come for like a weird wacky car then maybe but i don't know go watch herbie the love bug <laughs> The, the car is i mean we'll, we'll get into it but the car isn't interesting enough to carry the movie right no it's not at all <laughs> we barely see it yeah um i'm gonna skip the review by david care because i don't even agree yeah, fuck with him. it yeah he's fine and, but. and keep this keep this in the episode fuck fuck reviews fuck reviews, fuck reviews. Fuck reviews. <laughs> Um, I just I do want to say he has this one line at the end of the of the review. Where he's like, "Is this the first Cubist thriller?" And I'm like, "I don't know. That. I don't even know what you mean by that." Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> that's such like a would be hot take. You yeah. know, like that, that's such like a would be like oh zinger line like in the, to remember in the review. I don't know. It's weird. He's an interesting guy, David Kerr. Uh, he started with Chicago Reader, and then he went on to just uh, ran other random publications. He's still alive. He still does stuff, um, and he loves action movies. Like he loves Paul W. S. Anderson movies. Uh, that's the Resident Evil guy. Yeah, the right? Resident Evil guy. Like he loves all of his movies. So he didn't hate this movie. He also didn't love it either. But he did call it the first Cubist thriller. So I don't know. Which is bonkers. bonkers. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. No, nope. <laughs> I don't get. No it. idea. Uh, critics folks uh, we hate them we love, um, love to, we love to hate them um yeah so this movie is uh yeah so let's <laughs> the bare bones of this movie is uh tommy lee jones plays an fbi freelancer who has mm-hmm. to get a tape that has incriminating tax records from a company called <laughs> what is it like lucky down uh it's weird. It's fuck. Wait, why don't we write this? Out? It's like Lucky Star, yeah, 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 agency or something. It's Lucky like, Dollar it's... Corporation of Las Vegas. <laughs> Lucky Dollar Corporation has some. They, you know, the the the, um, the Attorney General of the United States. He wants this incriminating evidence, this tax information. Like it's literally yeah, the, this, the MacGuffin in this movie is fucking tax information. <laughs> the Attorney General of the of the United States who who had. Who has the bearing in look of um, Nick Fury's father from that Marvel MCU? Um, he just like shows up randomly and like gives a, like oh Johnson by Bub- played by Bubba Smith. I don't think that's the Attorney General. I think that's just a random FBI guy. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is just like this a a a professional urban explorer. Yes. Who's hired? <laughs> who's hired by the FBI? So. Urban exploration, really quick for those who don't know, because I think we've alluded to it in the past. Yeah, I don't think we've explained it, so you should do that definitely. Yeah, so really quick, the, uh, urban exploration. It, I, th- I think it's one of those things that started in the '80s, but uh, kind of only really gained prominence underground online in like the aughts. But like, it's like, oh, you explore abandoned buildings or you explore office buildings where you're not supposed to go. It's, it's like the suburban kids' extreme sport, kind of. It's, it's yeah, just like. 
it, it's it's going where you're not supposed to go in commercial and urban areas. Um, and I used to do that a lot as a kid. I I, <laughs> I went on top of arcade rooftops. I I snuck in 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 back like the hall like the service hallways of malls. Uh, it, it's it's Hell like yeah. very low low stakes trespassing basically just for the thrill of sneaking around. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I was a member of the infiltration forum online. Um, and I bought the official uh, textbook of the infiltration forum called access all areas, um, which is the guide to, to urban exploration. And the author published on the cover of this book um, was a guy named Ninja Licious. Uh, um, fucking amazing. Which is, which is <laughs> It never ceases to amaze me. Like, I've seen this book. I've read this book. Not the whole thing, but I've read portions of this book. And I've read this book to you. You, Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, that is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a great book. Um, it's uh, just slapped together by the uh, Infiltrate Online Press or whatever it's called. It's, it was not proofwritten. We, we, we find, like, typos every time yeah. I, I, oh, search yeah. through a, I search through a passage. Um, but, yeah, so, like, basically the, the whole urbex urbex uh, that's, that's the term um kind of affect is like sneaking around in a really like half-assed way but like doing it not, not just like stealth sneaking like a nin- like what suburban kids think like ninjas were but like i guess you call it like social engineering like bluffing your way like and pretending that you're supposed to be res- where, you're, where you're not supposed to be um, and whenever I see like shitty stealth or like in in movies or like when movies shoot in suburban areas um, because they don't have a budget because they don't have location access or whatever, but they try to frame it like it's more like like it's a, like it's like a Mission Impossible movie. I'm very I'm very much struck like oh this is like what urban exploration kids think they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, no. So this film is, uh, yeah, um, it is oddly an urban exploration, urbex uh, film. Uh, <laughs> it's twice, uh, or at <laughs> least three or f- three, I guess, instances of urbex in this I film. I have four. Four? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the shitty office at the beginning. Yeah. Um, the parking garage. Yep. Um, the corporate tower, specifically the stairs that he goes up and down. Oh, right, right. Um, and steam tunnels, which the oh the tunnel yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. yep 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 the nerds going do that, steam right. tunneling ac- going steam tunneling actually got infamous because one time at a college I forget like in the seventies or something some kids were playing like D and D or they were like urbex urbexing in the steam tunnels and like someone died damn um so Tom one of Tom Hanks's first roles was in this movie called Tunnels and Trolls which is no, an anti isn't it called um. Monsters, mazes and, and monsters. monsters, or something. Yeah, we talked tunnels about and trolls this. is an actual tunnels and trolls is an actual ripoff in the real world of D anD D. Mazes oh, and monsters okay. is the movie. Yeah, which we discussed for our Dungeons and Dragons episode very yes, briefly. Yes, yes. Uh, but that was inspired um, in part by Satanic Panic around D anD D. Right. Also around like general panic around like urban exploration because some, some kid thing. some kid did die Damn. in like a college steam tunnel. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's fucking wild. Yeah. These things are always more interesting than our shitty movies, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they really I mean, that's what the show is, right? Like, we find a shitty movie. Like, like, when we get to a shitty movie, we just, like, fill in the gaps with our personal anecdotes. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I don't unfortunately have any uh, urbex uh, yeah, anecdotes of my own. I, uh, I have to live vicariously through Nick's uh, urbex. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever took you on anything. No. Like, on any expeditions um, like that. One time you, me, and Ben were going through some weird stuff in Austin under like a bridge or something. Uh, I don't remember that specifically, but like, I mean, there's like bat tunnels or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like to, to be fair to, um, I guess the, the urban explorer community, (laughs) it's something that I always wanted you to say on our podcast. (laughs) To be fair to the urban explorer community, it it is like an inclusive and, um, I would argue anti-capitalists, uh, pursuit. It's like ignoring these artificial barriers that are put up yeah. um, often by moneyed interests, if not corporations, sure. and certainly by like government protecting property. Um, and, and not for a malicious purpose, but just like doing something for the sake of personal fulfillment, uh, usually with someone else. Um, and it can be something as simple as like, oh, crossing the grass when there's a sign that says don't step on the grass. Like technically that's urban exploration. Mm. Um, so I, the, the reason it kind of like resonated with me and, and, and still resonates with me today is like, it has that, um, it has that like joie de vivre of just like taking what enjoyment and fulfillment you can from these heavily monetized spaces and, and just doing it for its own sake, um, without looking to gain or make anything in the process. Yeah. True. None of which is present in Black Moon Rising. No, I mean, he's definitely doing it for money. Like, that is, I mean... Yes. That's his motivation. He wants enough money to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he, he explicitly says he's a thief, and he's just, one last job kind of thing. Yeah, no, literally. Um, like, he says literally, one last job. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but he's stealing but, it for the government. Yeah, he's stealing this... Again, I, I c- could not get over the fact that it was tax documents for some dumb-named corporation for the <laughs> government. Um, and where the film gets even crazier is he steals these tax documents uh, very easily, gets away. Uh, he gets to a gas station. Well, his, his car is shot up, so he can't go too far. Yeah, his car is shot to hell, so he can't get too far. He gets to a gas station during the... He steals the thing at night. During the day, he's been waiting at this gas station, I guess, for hours, trying to get a ride. Yeah. And he tries to get a ride from these three dorks who have built a car that can, I don't know, go super fast because it, like, siphons water and does... Some, it, 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 I don't know, something with hydrogen. bullshit. Some bullshit. Yeah. Um, they don't let him uh, his ride with them because his car shot to hell. But uh, he stashes the tape of tax documents in their uh, supercar for some fucking reason. <laughs> it, it is wild. It's like in the rotating license plate yeah. compartment yeah. on the back bumper of the supercar. <laughs> yes. it, it's so weird. It's, Why is it's that like there? A little, it's like a little pouch. It's like a fanny pack. Yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> it has a fucking fanny pack. For no reason. Why would you need this on this car? The car itself looks cool. Um, it has a cool, like, it's very, like, flat and sleek. Uh, it's it's primarily black with, like, red stripes. Yeah. Um, it has the aesthetics of the Spirius faction from the Lego space Hell theme, yeah. the original Lego space theme, like, all black and red and, like, angular. Yes. Um, the problem with the car, though, is, like, it, it's not 
cool enough mm. to be an attraction within the movie on its own. Um, and it only has, does one thing. It has turbo speed, and that's it. Like, it doesn't do anything else cool. Right. It goes super fast. That's it. doesn't shoot um, things. doesn't talk. Like, the even the, like, I don't know, the display inside is pretty basic looking. It looks like a s- shitty, like, arcade ride or something. Yeah. On the inside. Um, yeah, th- th- there should have been something else. Like, some other defining feature of it, like... There, there should have been some other defining feature, or they should have used the speed in different ways during set pieces, or, or something, just to yeah. Because it, it only more. goes fast twice, like when they're testing it in the desert in the beginning, and then when Linda Hamilton steals it and in has a terrible chase with Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah, I guess in the end when they fly, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even then, it's like it's punctuated three times, kind of you know, first act, second act, third act. Right, um, and it just kind of goes away, like yeah. for large chunks of this movie, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a MacGuffin that like is really underwhelming, and like I I know that's like for MacGuffins, that's like they they're not supposed to be that amazing, but like for for ones that are used as a function of the plot, it should be more engaging somehow. And it's the MacGuffin that holds a MacGuffin, which is even fucking crazier. Yes, because like yes. it's it. No one actually cares about the fucking car except the three fucking dorks. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about those dorks. I don't care about... I don't care... If they get that yep. car back or if they don't get that car back, it doesn't fucking matter. But, like, the thrust of the movie should be about like, this tax, these tax documents. Or just, like, make the tax documents, like, related to the car somehow. Right, something. But like, 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 the car is, like, a tax, like, scheme or something. Like, I don't know. Like, or just not have it, you know, or just not have it be tax documents right like yeah why the fuck that, is it tax documents <laughs> well that that's where this this script having been floating having been floating around for like what a decade yeah kind of really shows itself um because like it it it, it goes nowhere that that whole tax thing it, it just kind of like tacked on to give tommy lee jones some reason to hang around within within the plot um it isn't connected to the car it, nope. it, it is two very weird things grafted together yeah yeah there there must have been another script that they combined like there must have been another like because what we get into after um he stores his his tax document tape in this car the car gets stolen by linda hamilton who plays nina who is a i i guess just a car thief who is employed by robert vaughn who is a I don't even know what the fuck he is. What is he? A gangster? He's a real estate. He's, he's a real estate developer. Is he okay? Did they say that at some point? I couldn't even piece it together what he is. Well, I I, I noted this at the end, which I watched what half an hour ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> the sign the, the sign outside uh, the the twin towers um, says Rytron Enterprises. Okay, right, because his name and, is Ed Ryland. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just adding Tron to the end is like super amazing. No effort, eighties thing. Um, and yeah, his whole thing is like he's building the he's he's making these buildings and like the second tower is still under construction and has nobody in it yet. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a real estate developer, and I think Nina is a former prostitute. Yeah, I think who so. Became a car thief. But then the car thief part is crazy because so he's a real estate developer, but his his secondary business his his underground source of income is 
a gigantic chop shop that he owns yes. in the parking garage of the second tower. Yes. And see that that could be a cool plot element because like you could have the dual like and it's literal like like the, the metaphor for like dual businesses like right like the professional class and like the working class and like he, he's doing both and he has his hands in both um and he he's taken advantage of both and that metaphor is like literalized with the above ground and right. literally below ground uh and that, that that's so much that's such a cool like not cool that's such a potentially fruitful angle to explore for a villain character like an 80s corporate villain um he's just an asshole who doesn't do yeah, anything does <laughs> like, like, there's nothing to him no i mean he's, he's not an intimidating villain um no. he has one of his business associates killed like you know uh somebody garrets him in an elevator but right i don't even understand that relationship he owes money or something i don't fucking know he, yeah it's super unclear because linda hamilton steals the the supercar tommy lee jones tries to chase her uh she loses him uh, she brings, she drops the car off at the garage, the underground garage, um, and then he tries to act super controlling because they they used to be in a relationship, or, right. or he he has some kind of toxic possessive predatory relationship with her. Um, and then she she drives away, and then uh, it, it's super unclear, and like the the, the draft needed ten more years to be somewhat comprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> I love the part where she drives away though. And then he he like watches what looks like a casting couch video of her, where she's wearing a maga hat. Yeah, the text without on the it. text yes. on it. And then like she's like doing that like cutesy like you know lip biting thing and like telling a that weird mo- story about her brother. That clip is so fucking gross and skeezy. It's so gross. I, I I I felt defiled watching it. But he's also sitting on like a casting couch while he's watching this yes. casting couch video, like this disgusting black leather couch, like in a room with no other furniture. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh god. It's so fucking like, weird. Like, it's like one of those leather couches that like black leather couch it's like soft and saggy. Yes. Yep. And like really it's like ugh, ugh, yeah. I wanna touch that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really, I, yeah, it's a strange role for Robert Vaughn. I mean, a really nothing mm-hmm. role. He, he, very few lines. He's, he's not on screen much. Well, corporate, corporate, like CEO scumbag villains. There are a damn a dozen for '80s movies in particular, um, which is really funny if you think about like the Reagan era, because like the idea of like, oh, the the douchebag. CEO who wants to bulldoze the the kids baseball field and they have to come together to stop them um that is like a Reagan Reaganite ethos yeah for sure like this free market shit but I I just find that curious that like during the height of Reagan's popularity like all of the family-friendly movies or action-adventure movies had corporate like demonized corporations yeah um with the underlying sentiment of like oh America is what really matters because like daddy reagan is like the real heartland of america but he's a corporate fucking scumbag right i, I that's america <laughs> that's that that is the dialectic as they would yeah. say those that was the word i was looking for i was like what is that word it starts with a d <laughs> i'm very smart here folks <laughs> we are both very smart here. um uh yeah you God, know and, and so you see a little dull. bit of, even into the 90s right i mean because like gremlins too you know clamp 
Yes. Which is basically yes. a, a Trump cipher character. The, th- the thing that elevates Clamp, though, is he's as much a parody of Ted Turner as he is of Trump. Yes, that's very so true. So he, he, he has the business side, but he also has, like, the, like, infotainment, like, news as in news as drama side yep. too um and, and i think that's what gives him so much more dimension than like i mean the old man from robocop but like he the O'Hurley character from robocop he he's supposed to be kind of like one-dimensional he, he's not supposed to be more nuanced like clamp was yeah no it's true um i was listening to joe dante's podcast this is the second mention of joe dante jesus um get at us buddy get at us <laughs> joe, joe dante josh olsen pro yeah, you know where, you know where to find us um we're, we're building up to it yeah we are eventually folks but uh he was talking about the clamp trump ted turner stuff and uh nice. yeah he was he was saying how like it, it's his fault basically that trump is <laughs> Joe Dante said yeah. that. He was like, people think it's my fault. He was, he was just, uh, you know, a tongue in cheek kind of joke. But oh, I got yeah, yeah. funny. He's very He's right. right. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, a bunch of other bullshit happens in this movie. Um, one of the car scientists, dorks. Um, he's like a simpleton or something. I, he, I think he's deaf. I think he's like. Or because they, like he, cause remember that in, when he gets run over, uh, the guy's like trying to yell at him, and we have a moment where the sound cuts out, and he can only see him like pointing, and the guy's like, "Hey, hey, but, hello." <laughs> but where, when they're at the fancy restaurant having like a, a meeting with one of their investors, um, the rich investor guy is there with like this attractive woman, and this guy's just like staring at oh, her. Oh, he's just staring at her chest. He's, yeah, he's like, uh, just like. I don't know if he's supposed to be like mentally challenged I or have something. No idea. But he, yeah, yeah. Or, or like the well, his name is the scientist. His name is Tyke. The character's name is Tyke, <laughs> indicating he's a toddler mentally. Yeah, I, problematic eighties depiction. Very problematic eighties depiction of mental illness very or mental deficiency yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, he gets run over. It's really fucking funny. It's great. Um, it reminded me of in Joker when yes! Arthur gets hit by a car. Yes. That oh, meme man. just him going up like, but this is like that on steroids though. Like, oh, he, he goes twenty feet. In the, the way air, this great. man fucking flies straight up, like vertical in the air after getting hit by a fucking car and then in slow motion. He falls back to the and then he falls back to the ground and a street sweeper yes. car truck goes over. <laughs> him up, him up. It's amazing. Uh, no, it's uh, it's fucking great. And that is what convinces uh, the other two guys to accept Tommy Lee Jones' offer to work with him. Yeah, yeah, because obviously they want their supercar back, and he wants his tape that he stupidly put in the back of their supercar um, super, back, and then they have to... Pack, yeah. We we meet one of the, the best characters who we don't see enough of in this movie, Iron John, who um, he is a, he's a construction contractor yep. who in his construction trailer is in a, a hospital bed and like is hooked up to like all this kind of life support dialysis shit. Or so, yeah he he's like on death's door and he's he's you know union strong man he's still working he's he's, he's resisting that reaganite bullshit he, he's not he's not gonna let yes. his not gonna let his workers go hungry um he he's just moved his hospital bed into his trip his work the the job construction yeah, trailer the foreman trailer 
Yeah. Yes. It's it's fucking um, great. Uh, and that actor, Keenan Wynn, uh, just classic character actor. I couldn't even start naming his right. movies. He's just been in yep. like everything since like the 40s. But, but here he plays um, Super Mario's terminally ill great-great-grandfather. <laughs> oh, uh, basically, he, he's a source of information um, yeah. for Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, he just gives him the blueprints because he, he built these two towers that uh, that Robert Vaughn uh, you know, works out of. Right. Um, Tommy Lee Jones also amorphously and kind of listlessly flirts with Linda Hamilton um, throughout the second act. Uh, she she kind of flirts with him pretty heavily at two different bars. Yeah. Um, and he's just kind of like, eh, just ignoring obvious signs of this attractive woman just like coming on to him and like giving him verbal hints. He's just like, eh. He has, ambling he has around. no screen presence in this movie at all. No. Like, and Tommy Lee Jones is great. I, I, I really like him as an actor. Just he he was just not engaged in this movie. No. Um, you know, and, the, and this isn't his first film. This is like his third or fourth movie. Um, you know, he I had previously seen him in Rolling Thunder, the um, Vietnam vet revenge film. Uh, okay. And he's great in that. Like, uh, it's, yeah. it's not long before this movie either. Uh, it's in the 70s, so it might be about 10 years earlier. Maybe, I don't know, maybe the substance abuse, you know, alcoholism. I don't know. Um, I mean, every, many, many great actors have off performances. That's not uncommon. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, he didn't get along well with the director either. And like, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Um so yeah, they they hook up eventually. It's revealed that Linda Hamilton is a weeaboo because she oh my has God, de- yes. <laughs> she has decked out her entire apartment loft um, with like the the Japanese style screens, and she has like a, a Japanese style teapot and everything. Yeah. And there's like she wears a very, kimono. Yep, she wears a kimono. Um, I think she has like you know wood block prints on her walls and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, that whole that whole thing. Her hair is enormous in this movie, by the way, too. Yes. Yeah. No, it's great. Bigger than Terminator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much bigger. Especially in the first scene, which I think yeah. it's alluded yeah, that yeah. that's a wig that she's wearing. Like, it's because it's darker hair anyway. It's like black hair. And then throughout the right. rest of the movie, she has like her, you know, her dirty blonde hair. Um, right, right. But it's cartoonish um, in that first scene. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's huge. Um, there's a really passionless sex scene between the two of them. Um, it's it's the almost exact sex scene uh, that she does in Terminator. Yeah, it's, it's it's like almost shot for shot, and even ends the same way where she tops the dude. Like, yes, exactly yes, the yes. same. So yeah, eventually, uh, what the fuck happens? Um, well, they do, this is our we're at the Arbex, I guess. Well, no, I guess first, uh, Tommy Lee Jones goes back to super mario great great grandpa to get more blueprints oh and he's he's beat up by his rival yes who looks like he's out of the brady bunch yeah he's great um so that's the actor lee ving um who plays marvin ringer great 80s name um a lot of you might know him as mr body from clue uh he's the dude that gets like killed first in the in the clue movie yes um yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. um he he's in a punk band called fear as well um interesting he's in the walter hill film streets of fire 
um yeah so he, he's a great actor oh, cool. I, and I, I recognized his face immediately when i saw it uh, great hair yeah, he, also yes uh he, he's good here he's like uniquely not uniquely but like very very loathable yeah very lo- very loathsome um in this role like i said he he looks like he's out of the brady bunch he has like kind of those heel slip on um like dress shoes yes. he has like this awful this awful suit just the hair kind of like out of date for the 80s so just kind of like eh, i'm just a douchebag he, he he beats up tommy lee jones with a bunch of with a couple of like enforcers um and i thought this was actually kind of clever they they punch tommy lee jones and like he falls and he kind of crawls beneath this car like he's trying to get away and they start pulling him out but Tommy Lee Jones comes out with a, a handgun in, in a baggie, yes, like a Ziploc bag. Under his fucking and he car. shoots he shoots him. <laughs> Which has never been introduced before either. No. Which no. is amazing. Um, I just love it. They're just like, you know what? Film no, conventions, yeah, it, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, it it just reminds me of like it, it it's such like a galaxy brain dumb guy quote unquote clever thing to do in an action movie. It's it's oh, like yeah. um in the two that's two thousand four Punisher movie. Oh right, his his knife he, that he shoots. Stores gu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, but like he stores guns around his apartment. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that that that's such like a a classic like dumb guy like oh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna set up the the terrain tactically before I engage the enemy. I, I'm gonna keep a loaded gun under taped beneath <laughs> my car. <laughs> but what is you know the crazy part too is like he obviously just steals these cars too so like does he carry a handgun in a bag that he just puts under every single car that he owns or that like he steals and then owns yeah because it's the thing that like makes it like superficially cool but such a dumb guy like yeah that that's tactical like move is like when would you do that do you do that every time you get in the car do 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 you keep it loaded do you keep the clip separate like in a different baggie well, underneath the car it's a like, revolver so there is no clip well do you keep the bullets in a separate baggie then you have to like like you, <laughs> I, I don't know like 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 i i love it because because it is one of those like oh that's cool like com- comic book logic like uh action things but it but it falls apart the second you think about yeah. it yeah i also wonder if it would just be easier also to just duct tape it to the as opposed to putting it in a baggie that is then duct taped. I don't know. I don't know where I feel, how I feel about um, that. Yeah, like, at- how do you attach it? I I think the idea is, like, he could remove it from the bag quickly without having to, like, fumble with the tape. Right, and I guess that's true. I, don't I know. have no idea. But I, I um, saw it coming. It, the minute he was under there for more than two seconds, I was like, oh, he's going to come out with a gun. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It it is the first time I've ever seen a gun fired from within a Ziploc bag in a movie. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I feel like I've seen movies where people, yeah, it's like a paper bag or something. But yeah, paper bag or like through a newspaper or right. like a, or through the hand wrapping, like in Godfather Two, where he puts right, the, right. the wrap over his hand first, then it goes but on specifically fire. a Ziploc yeah, bag. A Ziploc bag. <laughs> it's something. It's some. It's, it's a first. Um, but yeah, the the Brady Bunch douchebag leaving gets away. Um, so yeah, then uh, Linda Ham- Linda Hamilton is uh, taken prisoner. Oh yeah, that's right. 
and, and she's held in the complete the completed tower the one that's hard to break into right um and then tommy lee jones doesn't know this and so he he's working with the two car guys and they're they're planning their break-in um i love how he takes notes when he's spying on the towers like on a yes like on a, <laughs> i don't know like, like a yellow legal pad just yeah, like yeah. I wrote this down. He, he writes guards parentheses two yeah, yeah. and parentheses sensors and then cameras underlined. <laughs> oh, he's Ill. I dump, I just dumb guy energy it. in general with Tommy Lee Jones' character yes. here. Yes, there, there there are cameras at this expensive corporate tower that you're trying to break into. Like, like thank you for underlining <laughs> that. Thank thank you for thank you for drawing a couple different a couple underlines. Yeah, I mean you know it's like. You gotta set up the heist, such as it is, and like sure. they at least go through the motions of doing that, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty easy heist too. Like they don't really, they cut, it's like maybe two things they have to do. It's blind okay, the cameras so and then like cut I, a alarm. I re- I really like the heist. That's I, fine. I, really, I mean, it's the best part of the movie. It, it is. It is. Um, and maybe really like is overselling it, but like I appreciate the heist a lot more than I would have thought. Um, Cause it is like a fail son, urban explorer. Yes. And, his, and these two guys he knows from school, just like getting in way over their heads and then just stumbling through and making it out the other end. Yeah. Um, And, and to start with like, like the, the setup of it is very cool. Um, so there are two towers um the one is one looks complete on the outside but is incomplete on the inside the other one is totally completely done and it has like a very strong security system and it has a an armored lockdown illegal chop shop beneath it so the plan is for Tommy Lee Jones to sneak into the the unfinished one climb to the top um get to the other tower go down the other tower Un, uh, steal the car from the basement and drive out and the other two guys would basically blow the door open so he could drive out right um, and it, it's a very simple honestly this whole movie should have just been that that's the problem right like it should have been a longer heist scene like it should have been both the you know full third act of this film but also it should have been a portion of the second act and i mean it starts just way too late the the, there should have been 20 minutes maybe 25 minutes of like establishing the mood and the characters Mm -hmm. and stuff in the first act and the first act where they're planning the break-in second act starts they're breaking in they're doing their thing they're getting everything right third third act shit gets fucked shit up goes while they're trying right. to break out uh chase scene with this car that this movie supposedly about and then, and then just concluded yeah um because yeah it, it's a solid structure it's like very simple and like when they when they had the blueprints uh, like out on the table and it was like a a profile cutaway view of the two towers and the the basement i'm like this is something i would have drawn <laughs> in fourth grade the, the this is something I would have drawn, like this diagram with like stick figures running around and, and shooting each other and shit. It, 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 it's a very comprehensible and like it, it, it's complex enough for 
unique elements to be added, but not so complex that like you can't figure out what's going on. No, it's a, it's fairly it's a fairly simple heist, um, and I mm-hmm. guess it it could just be a little more complex, yeah. So yeah. that it could be drawn out a little bit longer, but yeah, that's it, not this movie. So because <laughs> with with heist movies like the general idea is they have a plan but then the plan runs into difficulties so they have to improvise on the fly right um that happens once, once. at the end that's really it at the end and then that's when they just do the car shit right so yeah basically really quick um Tommy lee jones urban explores his way into the first tower climbs up um without trouble he gets accosted by a security guard but he knocks the guy out um the two car nerds they sneak into the steam tunnels more urbex and like they hack into the camera system or whatever um i think the alarm system because the cameras notably they shoot a laser beam from his apartment into the the lasers in the courtyard between the buildings right right, into the into the cameras they shoot the lasers into the cameras (laughs) It's actually, and, and this was another kind of cool element. It's not his apartment; it's a hotel that he rents, oh, a hotel, right, right, hotel right. room. And he specifically like ghosts that hotel because it's across the street from the towers. Right. So like it, it if they really played up like the planning, because he's very much like a, like a scrappy kind of DIY. Like, oh, I'm gonna take like really simple and relatively low tech solutions to these high tech problems. Like like if they played up that angle more, he would be he would be more unique and memorable. Well, it's you know it it's not a Tommy Lee Jones role. It's not even an early Tommy Lee Jones role. Like he's better no, just kind of being a badass when he's younger, and then when he's older, he's just you know he's he's that beleaguered, you know one last job cop guy. And this is like mm-hmm. a one last job beleaguered young man. You know, it's like he he kind of yeah. acts like an old person throughout this whole movie just does it just doesn't work well he looks very old from some angles yeah he looks very like young from other angles yeah very weird yeah you know he's he it's it's a strange time in his career you know it's like he's doing shitty movies Mm -hmm. like he he actually does another um john carpenter uh screenplay called eyes of laura mars which also this is crazy has another star wars connection directed by Irving Kirshner. That's wild. Yeah. Like what the that fuck? Is, He's also in that movie. <laughs> that is wild. Um I will say I do like his fit throughout the movie. Yeah, uh black, it's a good fit. Black jeans, black t-shirt, black leather jacket, like that's what I wear in the winter. <laughs> um it's cool. Uh but yeah, when he gets to the the first roof of the towers, he he this is actually reminded me of uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, because Bat he takes a rifle with um, it shoots a grapnel, oh, yeah, yeah. but it it, it, it it like looks like a wooden rifle, yeah. like an old times sniper rifle, and Batman in The Dark Knight Returns, shit, when old Bruce Wayne Batman does that, it's on top of Twin Towers, damn, and he's trying to get to the other side and. And, like, it's supposed to be noticeable because Batman doesn't use guns. Right. So the real Batman doesn't use guns. And it's like, oh, he's using a rifle. What's it for? Oh, it's a grappling hook. Okay. Like, it's it's kind of edgy, but it's, like, still the Batman we know. And he's doing that. And the villain of that sequence is Two-Face, 
who played Two-Face in Batman Forever, Tommy Lee Jones. Damn, son. Wow. Wow. I wonder. Oh, I'm vibing. I'm yeah, vibing I, hard with this, this right is, now. Uh, you know, I wonder if when they cast that, they were like, oh, this is like that scene that's similar to that thing <laughs> in that comic book. <laughs> yes. And they're like, it's, it's the, it's the Mac, not Mac, um, Charlie yeah, yeah, yeah. from Always Funny in Philadelphia. That's Joel Schumacher's brain. Oh Incredible. Um, wow, I just realized yeah. that. I that's awesome. Because when I saw that sequence, I'm like, oh, this is like Batman, Dark like Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. Like the, there was more to it. I just didn't make the connection. Wow. I'm glad you made it on air. That's good. Yeah, on me too. Air. Oh, I I, that's what we call podcasting. <laughs> on 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 recording uh, and yeah, on record. Damn. Wow. wow, that was good. Um, that, that that's the most excited I've been all like in months. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to see that Tommy Lee Jones uses a mother box in this movie. It's his only like high tech thing yes. he uses. Uh, yes. It's this little gadget yes, yes. that unlocks doors and does uh, disarms alarms. Maybe I don't fucking know what this thing does, but it looks like a it's, fucking mother box out of some yeah, Jack Kirby it shit. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he makes it to the other side. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty decent, like, it reminded me of like cliffhanger when he when he's doing oh, the, yeah, yeah. the rope the the pulley rope to the other side he makes it uh he breaks he breaks into the second tower he starts his descent um inside um he finds linda hamilton he rescues her um yeah by accident the, like he's just he's by act yeah he, he <laughs> completely unintentional he's climbing he through the lucky. air ducts he looks down and there's linda hamilton he's like hey you come on up well, he happens to hear her while she's yelling for help. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'll take a detour. Um, they keep going down through the tower it, effortlessly. They they have a, they they set up another laser yes. with, like, a vice. And on the other end of the vice is a mirror on, like, a, yep. a flexible, adjustable yep. arm. One of those mirrors that, like, a dentist uses to see the back of your teeth. <laughs> Exactly. It, it's it's probably exactly oh, what it was from be. the prop department. Yeah. Um, they shoot the laser at a at the interior camera, and they they keep running. Um, they get to the lobby. They tie up a couple guards. Like it, no difficulty whatsoever. They they just yeah. like fly through this. And they knock out that this, one guard this. who like for some reason just was like pointing his pistol everywhere. <laughs> right. Right. Um, they. They get to the basement. They steal the car. Uh, the car nor the car nerds. They blow up the door um, to the chop shop. But right before they escape, suddenly, finally, we get like a complication in the plan. A steel trap springs down, and and they're stuck. Yeah. Um, it was kind of cool. Was something I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this isn't that easy, I guess. Yeah, like, like finally, yeah. Like, like just because like every time there's a heist movie, like something always goes wrong. That like. Mission Impossible, right. right? Like when they, uh, the famous sequence where Tom Cruise he, he descends on the rope right. and he, he has to see, he has to download the data from the computer, um, and then like, John Reno is like lowering him down, but then a rat comes yep. and like, the guy the knife gets the dropped aren't and then the sweat, yeah, yeah, just th- there's got to be things to make the tension there because like, other otherwise it's just like indulgent wish fulfillment, like oh yeah, this badass is like right blowing through this 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 level of a video the, game the least badass character ever uh <laughs> tommy yeah. lee jones what the fuck is the name of his character sam quint 
very whatever yeah, name. Very. Um, but yeah, then this is when they just like, they just do donuts around the place in this car. Yeah, this this is where it gets really. This is where the cool stuff ends because they just circle the chop shop in the car, literally like four or yeah. five times. And they get shot at, and and this is funny. I was like, oh, why are the bullets hitting? And I'm like, oh, that's right. The nerd said that it's Kevlar. Like the exterior of this thing is Kevlar. Although I remember him pronouncing it Kelvar. The fucking nerd pronounced it Kelvar. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. That was the take they used. Um, that's uh, yep. great. Uh, so yeah, they they do that shit. Goes to the freight um, elevator. Yep they they mistakenly turn to the freight elevator and then it snap the door snaps shut. They're brought up to CEO douchebags uh, car display yeah, suite. I guess weird suite yeah. with cars. Yeah. <laughs> they they have a showdown with guns. All the bodyguards. And Linda Hamilton pops out. She shoots them while Tommy Lee Jones is driving around. They run over a CEO douchebag. They hit the boost and they jump to the other building. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, I knew, yeah, I knew it was yeah. coming. Just well, it's literally on that, the. That's what it's on the poster. <laughs> that's that's why there are two towers. Oh yeah, right, exactly. Um, although I wanted them to, I, it's got to be miniatures that did this, um, and maybe why they didn't do this exact shot. But I wanted a slow motion shot of the car breaking the glass. And you really don't get that. Like you get it hitting it, and then you see from the the cameras inside the building, and then the car comes through. I just wanted like a cool like slow motion car breaking glass shot. Yeah. But I think when the car hits the glass, I I don't know. There's there's a lot of miniature work involved in this in this jump. So. Right. Right. I don't know. Um, but I did like this though, because you're like, oh, he got away. It's fine. Oh, psych out. This is yep. when leaving his uh, arch nemesis Marvin, Mister Brady, uh, they have a little fight scene as well. Uh, and that was kind of cool. Like I was like, "Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't, cool. I didn't yeah. see that coming. Oh my god! I forgot about yeah. this character entirely." Yeah, no, that 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 was that that was like a genuinely effective use of like a secondary antagonist coming yeah. back. Yeah, their scuffle was fun too because like. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly, you know, martial artists. Uh, yeah. And, like, the, it just shows that Tommy Lee Jones was, he had no training and how to, like, fake hit a person. They're just, <laughs> they're, they're just flailing around. Um, they, they they fight over a razor blade at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then the FBI dude, he comes up and he, he's like, no, let, let, let them finish this. Let, give them the satisfaction. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's Timothy Jones never learned stage combat. It, it and it shows. Um, but uh, yeah, then the the movie ends in um, per, perhaps maybe the most inexplicable for this movie, which is uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Linda Hamilton in bed together, and uh, he can't fuck her because he's been so beat up. I guess the car nerds they get their car back. Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee. I don't know how they'll get out of the the building at this point. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. He gets the tax information. He gives it to the FBI guy. The FBI gives him the money, and he's like, "I'm done. I'm out. Fuck this." Yeah. And then he's with his his hot weeaboo girlfriend, just chilling, recuperating from his wounds. The end. 
Yeah, and for the final shot of the movie, just to be like this eagle eye view of them in bed, uh, they're just lovey dovey, and then fade to black. It's just like I don't know. I I just I was blown away and how terrible a choice that was uh, for this film. But Super, yeah. whatever, I didn't direct it. <laughs> I mean, it it writes itself. The car, they're in the car and they drive off to the sunset. Right? Come on, uh, come on. Why are you in bed? I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can't even say like if you're a carpenter completionist, watch oh, this because no. like it's and well that is not one of our that's not one of our broke vocal spoken. It usually is so well that that's why I'm bringing <laughs> it up now. Just like it, I don't I don't know it it has some interesting vibes, like some interesting moments, some like some like very eighties action yeah. kind of like quasi sci-fi affect to right. it but like that's a stretch like i, I don't know I, I i i like that stuff but i it, it didn't hold me through the no. movie my favorite part however is when tommy lee jones goes to the parking garage under the tower for the first time he's in this parking garage for like five fucking minutes it's five minutes of tommy lee jones doing nothing in a parking garage he's not even doing a good version of urbex because he's he's being filmed like throughout the whole thing they know he's there um he finds like nothing besides the 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 fake garage door um and that's not you know the the best detective work it's like oh wow there's oil on the ground i i found out that there's a a fake door here um, but I was like dissociating during this this scene. I was like, "What the fuck are they filming? Why are they doing this? Why is this so long?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. Um, I I think what kind of sums up the movie for me is he essentially stalks Linda Hamilton, yeah, <laughs> and finds out where she lives. She goes to her house, her her apartment building, or whatever, and it's the daytime. And he parks across the street in like a in a vacant lot. He's sitting there in, in whatever car he happened to steal smash cut to Tommy Tommy Lee Jones still in his car at nighttime and he fell asleep. Yes. <laughs> she leaves the apartment building and he happens to wake up and catch catch out of the corner of his eye that she's leaving and then he starts following her again. Yeah, it's incredible. But like like that that's this movie. Yeah. It, it just yep. No, good. there's just there's no reason for things to happen. Like and things are just drawn out because they realize they have to pad the runtime because this, right. this story can be told in 20 minutes. Um, so they just have Tommy Lee Jones doing absolutely nothing throughout the majority of this movie. And then when he does something, um, there are like almost no consequences. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, and the one thing I took from the, I forget is Sam Quinn, Sam Quint. Character. Yeah, is, is that it? Yeah. The one thing I got from him is like, he thinks he's this cool badass professional when he's just like slapping together equipment like by the seat of his pants and just kind of like getting by just just like tripping his way through into success somehow like to do that it's kind of like like an indiana jones or or like star lord thing like but to do that without making it comedic Mm -hmm. is really fucking boring well that's why I think Jeff Bridges should have been the Sam Quint character. That's a that good would have been call. Fucking great! Like it'd have been a good call. imminently more watchable than this fucking movie. <laughs> yes, because that 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 lines up with the time right. period. Um, he was doing shitty movies around here. 
yeah and like kind of kind of like a more rollicking it, it doesn't have to be comedic but it can be like more slapstick kind yeah. of more more like oh i'm, I'm just a guy i get my right. things and i'm, I'm making it up as i go just along literally a sense of humor at all right like there's yeah. there's very little humor in this movie it's so fucking dour it's yeah. so so dour. like uh, bubba smith uh his character of johnson the you know the fbi handler or whatever like he's supposed to be sort of funny just because like he tells tommy lee jones to like fuck off and stuff like that and because he's like a big black guy who says like you know pithy things yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah but he says don't fuck with yeah, the don't fuck with the government <laughs> I don't know. All right. Not- so I put one worker of note. It's uh, Teresa M. Austin, who is the assistant hairstylist, and she was uncredited. Hey. Um, there we Linda go. Linda Hamilton's hair is great. Uh, Lee yep. Ving's hair is great. And I think yep. Tommy Lee Jones, I think his hair is super dyed at this point. Like, I don't think that's his natural hair color. It's tough because, like I said, he he looks very young. Yeah. Like kind of kind of went shot head on, um, but any kind of angle, he looks like older than his age. Mm. Yeah, he's so it's I, weird. I knows? mean, you know, I, I like I said, I'd seen him in Rolling Thunder, and he does not look this old. Those like ten years really aged this man. Right, right. Um, yeah, he he's one of those actors and like one of those guys that like he always seems old. Yeah, like, no matter how, no matter his actual age. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, closing thoughts. Um, I really stretched for this one, but I, 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 well, well, no, actually on, on reflection, this is valid. Um, I don't know if anyone in the audience listening to this fits this, like fits this description, but it, it, it certainly applies to what I'm about to describe. Um, anyone who like, I know on YouTube, like the, the synth wave kind of vaporwave retro lost future, community kind of um movement is still going strong in a lot of these youtube videos they'll artists or or people who are fans of the artists who put out this music will will piece together music videos um usually from like crappier lower budget um movies um that that kind of match the the mood of whatever songs they're working with um and and there's a lot of content to be grabbed from here, specifically specifically the the driving scenes, yeah. um, of like driving through downtown, presumably L.A. Um, at night and like just the the lights going by and 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 like like the idea of a synth as a as an instrument is is practically synonymous with with John Carpenter at least in my mind, um, and I know like he's done a lot of things recently, so like I I could see someone like doing a remix of John Carpenter's music or doing like their, their own kind of synthwave beats and, and making kind of a, a collage based off of footage. From yeah. This movie. Well, they could remix the soundtrack to this, which is done by uh mm-hmm. Lalo Schifrin who wrote the original mission impossible theme. Nice. Yeah. It's a great score. Um, it, and it, it sometimes is, fits probably the, the best thing about the movie. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's good on its own. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, woke what do we have uh, so woke um this one's um i feel like a lot of the times you have something personal in uh you know each episode 
and uh, I, 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 I am more, uh, you know, I hold my cards closer Academic. to the, the chest. Um, is that the saying? Closer to the vest? Yeah, hold, hold, keep, keep the cards closer Whatever to the chest. Whatever it is. Yeah, that thing. Um, but uh, my dad is super into cars, and I am not. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm obviously super into films. And um, we would always bond on car movies. Um, so like car movie yeah car movie um yeah although i don't know if he's seen this one i doubt he has um but you know we watched like bullet together smoking the bandit something like that um but so yeah if you have a similar relationship with your father uh and you would like to uh have an inoffensive <laughs> uh semi-watchable uh time socially distant or otherwise um <laughs> Watch this movie with your father. <laughs> there you go. That, that My works. dad also um, loves Tommy Lee Jones because he's a big Men in Black fan. So I think he'd like this movie amazing. on that alone. Is... Tommy Lee Jones um, actually improvised most of his dialogue in that movie. You know, he's a talented actor, you know, just he's not great. in this current movie. Uh, yeah. but, uh... <laughs> we, we've been shitting on Tommy Lee Jones in this episode, but like he, he, he is legitimately a very good actor. Um, in in kind of ironically appreciating roles like Two Face, right, from Batman Forever, and also in legitimately great roles like Men in Black, and also uh, I mean No Country's the obvious yeah. one. Um, the Fugitive, yeah, he's no, great in the I, Fugitive. I, um, yes, U.S. Marshals, he's okay in uh, you know the semi sequel, yeah. but you know he, he's a presence in those movies at least, where he's he's not a presence in this one at all. <laughs> His amazing line from The Fugitive, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we feel about this movie. <laughs> that might have to be the episode art. Just <laughs> him going, I don't care. <laughs> I can make that. Um, bespoke. Our bespoke recommendation uh, for the year, obviously. You know it's coming. <laughs> the urban exploration community. <laughs> My fellow urbexers, this is, this is your movie. It is as slapdash, kind of post hoc, thrown together as the as the urbex hobby itself. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, it'll it'll be familiar from from sneaking around in an office building whose lobby was unlocked on a Friday afternoon to to lurking in a parking garage, um, not doing much of anything but just chilling with the vibes. Uh, this this movie will be familiar territory. Yeah, for sure. Um, it didn't even like occur to me that this was an Urbex movie, and then you texted me like midnight when you were watching it, and I was like, "Fuck, yeah. this is an Urbex movie." <laughs> I mean, my my brain is broken in, in so many ways. It's <laughs> my brain. My brain was broken long before quarantine, long before it's Trump. True. Um, I can attest to that, folks. I've known him for about when, ten years. <laughs> so. Uh, and all, t- all, I, all I have to say to that is uh, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. And that was the last episode of Proletarian Contrarian, folks. Um, we haven't made that joke in a while, I will say. We used no, we to do that one every day, um, <laughs> every fucking episode. We have not. The, the last episode is when we'll get Joe Dante, John Carpenter on for a double oh header. Oh my god. Double header interview. Could Masters yeah, of Horror. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Jesus. Love it. You know where to reach us, guys. 
Yeah, reach us. Um, you can specifically reach us at uh, patreon.com slash pro underscore con. Uh, Twitter.com slash proletarian C. No spaces. Our DMs are Facebook open, uh, as they say. DMs are open. <laughs> yes, actually, I are. should probably check. I don't know if they actually are. <laughs> they are. Okay, they are, that's good. Uh, Facebook.com slash proletarian contrarian. No spaces. And Instagram.com. Or it's not really Instagram.com, but on Instagram, uh, proletarian.contrarian. Yeah. Don't contact, on, don't contact us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Yeah, do that. And Patreon. If Joe Dante wants to give us money, that'd be cool. <laughs> Please contact us on Patreon. <laughs> I don't even know if there's like a messaging feature on that platform. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Contact us with money because it's, it's the universal language. There you go. Money. Uh, we also have a Gmail account, proletarian dot contrarian at gmail.com i don't know why you'd have any reason to email us but if you have any questions folks send them to that account that i almost never look at yeah get at us please yeah if you want to like point by point correct us uh per episode um you know have fun come on the air uh it it would be fun to do like a debate episode yeah that's true like if you like a movie that we dislike or vice versa get at us that would be very fun i would enjoy that (laughs) all right folks uh we will see you next week with another um yeah i think we have two more john carpenter we have two more oh god I, 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 I like that we saved a five-episode month. I know, Carpenter me too. I'm month. very excited that, about good. that. Especially for a John He's Carpenter great. slash John Carpenter adjacent month, which makes it even more interesting. Right. Interesting right. in quotation marks, because then we get to do movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, they can't all be winners. Um, as of now, Carpenter, Carpenter month is better than Gangster month. Uh, because... E- no. Mm. Well, I like Halloween 3 enough, but did, has it made up for Ghosts of Mars and this film? I'm not sure. <sighs> true. Um, true. I will say Ghosts of Mars is better than The Kitchen, and so is this film. This film is on par with The Kitchen. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, we'll folks. See. Like, I, I guess we'll see if uh, we have... We have something on the level of, of Godfather Part 3 or, dare I say, Shark Tale next, next yeah. week. See you then, folks. See you then. <laughs>